Welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. It's good to be with you again and continuing our conversation in um, the building of the trellis, the rule of life that allow the uh, life in Christ, the following of Christ as disciples to find uh, shape and support uh, so that we can increasingly be useful to God as partners with him in the saving of the world, remembering that's what he created us for in the first place, to exercise care, to exercise stewardship. And it is that goal that he has had since the beginning of our descent into selfishness. So with that in mind, we need to be retrained. We are built in love. We are built uh, with a word of love spoken, remembering that God is love. And so as we live and move and have our being in love, in God, Acts chapter 17, we are built not just as the recipients of love, but as the image of God, we are built as the carriers, as the ambassadors, as the the conduit, the channel of love. So we are naturally built for service. We are naturally built to serve others. And when we are afraid, when we are anxious, when we are uh, feeling less than loved, we retract and we focus our service inward. And so it's not surprising as we start to lift our eyes a little bit and look at the, the, the trellis that turns our attention to other people, that deliberate actions of service become part of our rule of life. We do so in the imitation of Jesus. We do so in, in response to his serving of us. This is, this is both the expression and the producer of the Christ-like life. And that's, of course, what, what we're after. It's one of the hallmarks of the Christ followers uh, and has been since the beginning as we follow along. So I'm going to just snapshot briefly um, service in three dimensions. One, in the imitation of Christ. Two, in the building of community. And three, in the expansion of the kingdom into the world. Uh, Service serves all of those aspects and elements. And then I want to devote the back end of our conversation to some very practical ways that we can step into this. So first of all, um, not a surprise as we follow, and I'm just going to snapshot these texts. Um, we have talked about all of them before at great length, so I'm not going to fully develop them. But I'd invite you to consider Mark chapter 10, verse 42 to 45. The disciples are on the road to Jerusalem where Jesus is going to die. They have been arguing about which of them is the greatest. Jesus seeing this Uh, misunderstanding of how power and authority works, gathers them together and says this, verse 42, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over you, lord it over them. They're high officials, exercise authority over them, but that's not the way it is with you. Instead, whoever wants 
to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Um, There's a lot going on here, but in terms of our particular focus, please notice that Jesus invites us to imitate him, the Son of Man, in serving. Service then becomes a primary way of identification with Jesus and a shaping of our souls into Christ's likeness. Remember that Jesus did not serve strategically. Jesus did not serve for an ulterior motive. Jesus did not serve so that. Jesus served because he understood himself to be a servant. That's what we're invited to. We don't serve because, or excuse me, we don't serve so that we serve because. And, and, and in this, we are invited into a, 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 an economy that is completely upside down. We don't pay our dues so that at some point we become great. It is serving is what great people in the kingdom do. So as we learn our lives from Jesus, it's probably not going to be a surprise that serving is going to be a part of what it means to be a saint, to be a called one, to be one separated by the love of God to serve others. So that's the first. The second uh, is Jesus's emphasis on how serving one another builds the community. And here I'm just going to look very briefly at John chapter 13, where Jesus, knowing who he was, knowing where he came from, knowing where he was going, hours from his death, the thing that is uppermost on his mind is whether these guys are going to be able to get along, whether they will love one another, and even more basically, whether their love will transcend feeling into action. And so he washes their feet, and at the end of that awkward moment says this, verse 12 of John 13, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, because that's what I am. Now, if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is the messenger greater than the one who sent him. But now that you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Not write about them, not study about them, not post about them, not Instagram the moment when you're doing them. Do it. This is the invitation. Service, then, is the primary way that Jesus wants us serving one another in awkwardness, even like the washing of feet, the lowest job of the lowest servant in the household, serving one another with that heart, with that attitude, with that disposition. It's how we primarily love one another. The command to love one another is not a command to feel feelings. It's a command to do something in the serving of one another. This will, will, will be remarkable to a watching world. They look in on the community formed by love, and they say to themselves, look, those people love one another. 
they're not talking about exchanging Hallmark cards on Valentine's Day. They're talking about how we serve one another in the imitation of Christ's service of us. It is how then we connect to community. It's as if you think of yourself as a, as a, a piece in a jigsaw puzzle. Serving is how we, we connect with one another and receive connection from one another. So not only is service a fundamental way of imitating Christ, service is a primary way of building community, of supporting one another. Of, and, and you're probably not surprised to know that the word that we translate in English, ministry, is more frequently translated to serve, service. That's all it is. A minister is a servant. End of story. So those two aspects, and then the third one, very quickly, uh, the, that, that service becomes a primary way of mission is framed for us in a passage we've spent time in uh, in, uh, in, in, a, in, in a couple places. I'm not going to read it, but Matthew 25, remember, says that it's really, really easy to tell people who are sheep and people who are goats. The, the sheep people the, the, the ones who are marked by their identification with the shepherd are those who visit those who are in prison, who feed those who are hungry, who clothe those who are naked, who minister to those who are sick. Uh, in other words, boots on the ground, caring for what Jesus calls the least of these, his brothers and sisters. So serving is a big deal. Uh, it is a primary way of mission. And nowhere more clearly does he say that than in the so-called Great Commission uh, at the end of Matthew's Gospel, where in verse 18 he says this to all of us gathered there wondering what's coming next, right? All authority in the heavens, please remember, all authority in the heavens and on earth has been given to me, Jesus says. So, as you are going, I want you to be making disciples of all of the nations. And, and here's how I want you to do it. I want you to immerse them. I want you to soak them. I want you to baptize them into the reality of the love that exists between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. This Trinitarian dance of love. I want you to soak people in that in such a way that they will ask you, how, how did you get to be doing that? And then, he says, you can teach them how to live the way I've taught you how to live. I'm going to be with you to the end of the age or until you get the job done. So this is the primary way Jesus invites us. Notice our service supports community, but it is also our primary way of mission in the world. This is serving the world the way, in the way of Jesus. It is love expressed in kindness. It's love expressed in goodness. And this is primarily seen not in wishing well, but in doing good. And we are invited into this um, uh, community that has been shaped by service from the very beginning. The church did this so well in the first two, three hundred years of its existence. Orphanages, hospitals, hotels, uh, leper colonies in various parts of the world, 
and on and on the list goes. Um, the, 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 the gathering up of abandoned children on the hillsides of Rome and on and on the list goes. Why? Well, because Jesus told us this was how we were supposed to, to do it. We were supposed to immerse the world in, in self-sacrificing service for the sake of the world, not strategically, not so that they would respond. Jesus didn't love people so that they would follow him. He loved people because he was a lover of people. He served people not so that, but because he was a servant. We're invited into the same painful <laughs> dynamic with regards both to each other and to the watching world. He, the church enjoyed a reputation in the first couple hundred years of its life for serving everyone equally and especially focusing on the poor. Uh, the, the, the examples throughout church history uh, are a, a, an embodiment of the Jeremiah 29 mandate to work for the shalom, for the peace, for the good of the, of the country, of the city in which you find yourself as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven in exile. I can't help but think uh, with the reputation of the church in the world these days, uh, that we would do well to revert back to our traditional way of engaging the world, of serving as a primary instrument of love expressed. It's a strategy that I think might be helpful in this current moment because it is how we will connect to the world and how the world will be connected to the source of our service, who is, of course, Jesus. So now that we've, 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 we've laid out this, this, this foundation, I suppose, uh, we serve in imitation of Christ as on the way to Christ-likeness. We serve to build up the community and support one another in very practical ways. We serve the world uh, it, principally as a, as a means of, of, of evangelism, of disciple-making, of invitation. Where do we start? What's the trellis look like? And, and I'm just going to go through a, a list of a series of things. Um, any of the, and I've got, obviously this is a tiny, tiny representative um, uh, listing. Uh, feel free to, um, you know, create your own structures. It's not hard. Once you start to develop a mindset, once you start to notice, once you start to let love flow non-functionally without ulterior motive, you will start to discover all kinds of creative ways that you can structure your life around service. But here's a couple. First of all, what would happen if we would offer the world, our loved ones, the courtesy, the, the, the service of common courtesy, of just simply respecting the rights of others, saying something as simple as please and thank you, allowing others to precede us through a door, old-fashioned, call it what you will, but I think you notice when it happens and when it doesn't happen. I find myself sometimes belligerently courteous, not helpful. Hold the door open for somebody, and as they walk through without saying thank you, I whisper under my breath just loud enough so that they can hear the disdain in my voice. You're welcome. That's not what I'm after. What I'm after is a kind of service that says, of course my brother can precede me. 
it doesn't matter whether he notices or not. I am the kind of person who wants to serve. Here's another one. What about the service of small things? The service of small things, things that, that, that need to be done around the house for your husband or your wife or your roommate or, or your, 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 your parents. What, what, what about picking up after yourself? What about picking up after somebody else? I know, I know the dishes in the sink aren't yours. So what if service was not about getting the task done, but about shaping your soul in the serving of others? Here's another one for me. What about serving and doing what you're asked to do when you're asked to do it? Rather than like I tend to do sometimes is just get my back up. And, 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 and even if I was going to do it, now I'm not because I was asked to. That doesn't sound like Jesus to me, who asked regularly, what do you want me to do for you? Maybe it's okay for me to do something just because my wife asked me to do it, even if I was on my way to the doing of it. I've been known, as I've told you before, having the trash bag in my hand on the way out to the trash and hearing her voice come down from, the, uh, from upstairs saying, Bill, would you take out the trash? I've been known to take that trash and put it back in the trash can. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Yeah, that's not going to form me to Christ's likeness. Uh, and I'm thinking maybe I'm not the only one who doesn't like to be told to do what I'm already doing. What about the service of submission? The doing of small things. The yielding of my way to the way of another. Choosing to set aside my superior way for one that's less superior but allows me to walk with somebody. I don't have to be right, even when I am right, in many of these things. This isn't a moral category. Most of the time, it's about pride. And so for me, serving is a great way to say to my ego, to say to my small, um, uh, 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 false self, you're not in charge here. We're going we're gonna to choose to orient our life around the character of Jesus, to do small things, to do, to do repairs for people who don't have anybody who can help them out with a car or with plumbing or with electrical or with some of the other areas that people need help with. Some of you are IT experts for your neighbors because you know how to turn the thing off and turn it back on again in five minutes. Lean in, and now here's the key, without resentment, without bitterness, without being sensed that you're being put upon, how about the service of being taken advantage of? You do realize that if Jesus didn't let us take advantage of him, none of us would be here. When then do I recognize that even though there are, I get boundaries, I get it, I really do, but I'm wondering sometimes if I go too quickly to the boundary conversation and not recognize Jesus said, you know what? You can carry the pack a second mile. You can love your enemy. You can, having been sued for your cloak, give the guy your shirt too. You can do that because your 
value, worth, and identity doesn't depend on your preserving of it. You're establishing and maintaining the boundaries. It's okay for you as a way of humility, as a way of the mortification of the flesh, old-fashioned language, that means simply take up your cross and follow Jesus, learning from him uh, how to do this. Um, what about what about the uh, service of non-performance hospitality? Sharing a cup of coffee, having people over for a meal, picking up the check, inviting people to st- tell their story and listening to it, uh, not for the purpose of networking, not for the purpose of building your book of business, but simply because you're validating them as persons worthy of your time, effort, and energy in this moment, recognizing in them a kinship, a a relationship that ties us all to a common father, Uh, this idea of of validating them with a shared meal. Of course, we recognize this as Jesus' primary ministry strategy. Um, Matthew tax collector, abhorred by the culture. Jesus invites him to follow, and Matthew's first inclination is, would you come to dinner with me and my friends, the the company of the set-asides, the company of the despised? And Jesus is all about that. He shows up with the tax collectors and the sinners. Why? Because he wants to say to the tax collectors and sinners, I see you, I know you, and in his being his seeing them and his knowing them, he calls them to humanity. He invites them into their own lives. What a gift he has given us in this moment. What a gift. And, and now, not simply so that we can be the recipients of it, but so that we can now imitate him in it. Remember, he pulls Zacchaeus down out of a tree. I've got to have lunch at your house. Not simply inviting Zacchaeus into his space, but choosing to go into Zacchaeus's place. And notice what happens in Luke chapter 19. As soon as Zacchaeus, he, you, you, you see that wee little man <laughs> stand up tall and become a human being, a son of Abraham, simply because somebody validated him with an invitation to coffee. What does that look like in our what does that look like in terms of our desire to cross cultural and racial barriers to go into uh, uh, somebody's somebody's restaurant that is unfamiliar to you that doesn't serve the food that you are as familiar with and 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 with a gentle and non-invasive and genuine curiosity inquire about the story that led them to this place. Food always has a story. Food always has a history behind it. What if we could serve to to connect, to put our puzzle piece in connection with somebody else's by simply validating their contribution through a shared meal? Uh, What about um, uh, listening? A service of listening without advice, without comment, except to understand, to train us into being 
present. What about the service of not having to have the last word? Of letting a challenge go unresponded to? What about the service of guarding the reputation of others? Of not being a curator of complaint? Of choosing to speak no evil of anyone and not participating in the slander or the transmission of, of gossip or backbiting or contrib contributing to, to division. What about the discipline of being served? The practice of letting folks love you and putting you on the bubble of vulnerability. Notice Jesus' strategy when he sends the disciples out. Don't take anything for your journey. I want you to go vulnerable. I want you to go hungry. I want you to go needy. I want you to build relationships based on your vulnerability, not theirs. Wow, what a strategy. And boy, does it put us in the crosshairs of Christ-likeness, because that's how he came to us, needy. What about the, the service of, of what I call secret service? Doing good for others anonymously, giving anonymously, not, not in, in a, a, a subversive way necessarily, but not trying to make your generosity known. Just do it. Uh, I've been the recipient, and some of you have probably likewise been the recipient of, of folks who have just given without, I don't even know to this day who they are and why they did what they did. But they did, and it was transformative for us, transformative for us in the moments. What would happen if I were to step in to that anonymous generosity, anonymous service? Of course, in all of these things, we want to serve people in ways that they will understand themselves to be served, not in ways that we think they need to be served, because then our service becomes about manipulating outcomes rather than an expression of learned generosity in the imitation of Christ. So all kinds of ways for us to step into this. Uh, in, in the next few moments, as we circle back around into, into worship and response, can I just invite you to say, Jesus, what might it like, be like for me to follow in your footsteps? What might it be like to serve those nearest to me in my family, my living situation, my community of faith? What might it be like for me to serve my coworkers who don't know you yet, the neighbors who don't know you yet? and be through that service a, a, a way of invitation into the life of the king and the kingdom. Let me pray for you. Oh, Lord, uh, this is really hard for me. Not to talk about, I can talk about this stuff all day, but doing it, yeah, that's, that's harder. And I pray, therefore, for my friends, that you would fill us with your spirit, and that we, O oh Lord, having been filled with your Spirit, would live the life of the Spirit in the way that you did. You didn't come to be served, but you let people serve you. It was your service to them. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would teach us 
how to do this, but more, having taught us how to do it, help us now to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, friends. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit garden.church.